0: Welcome back to another episode of Teacher Light Your Light Shine. I am so happy that you are with us today. So happy because no matter if you're a homeschool mom or you're a micro school builder or you are a teacher who is just thinking of ways to really encourage the love of reading in your classroom, in your homeschool, or in your micro school. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you something new that I'm going to do this year that I have done in the years past, specifically in public school. But this year, I'm going to try something new that I've been wanting to do, that I truly believe really was something that's been on my heart as to why I wanted to start homeschool. And that was to really develop a love for reading, not only in other children, but definitely my own. I started out with a daughter Who absolutely loves reading so much. And that is my oldest daughter. But then my youngest daughter, she was not a reader. She did not like reading. She could read, but she just was not inspired to do so. Thankfully, through homeschooling and this experience, she has loved reading. I've seen the most incredible experiences in reading since I started this micro school. I'm telling you the biggest wins, the most exciting growth I've ever seen in my 16 years of teaching children, not only loving to read, but learning to read and learning to be very good readers. And when I say good readers, I'm talking about knowing how to read, phonics, decoding, fluency, expression, all of that which makes a reader comprehensive in nature. In today's episode, I'm going to assume that your child already knows how to read. This is not the podcast episode for teaching children to read. This is a podcast episode of going deeper with books, allowing children to choose the books that they are reading, how I'm going to monitor it, How I'm going to monitor for comprehension, and how I truly believe that this is going to spark the love of learning more than what it already has been sparked in our homeschool. So I'm just excited to share this with you today, and I hope that you walk away inspired. So let's get to it. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder i'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences the curriculum and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students does it seem like a dream well it did to me until god opened the doors and made it reality together we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd so get out your notebook sharpen your pencil it's time to get your teach on i want to definitely Give a shout out to loves life 21 thank you so much for your review on apple podcast loves life 21 says Mackenzie is so wise empathetic and encouraging which disclaimer thank you so much i give the glory to our heavenly father for being able to do this and you are making me blush by those words so thank you so much Love's Life 21 continues and says, I love this podcast and found everything she spoke about directly applicable to my life. She made it so easy to understand and hold your hand through the process of knowing your numbers, trusting you can grow your business even through free advertising. I can't wait to listen to more and share her podcast with others I know will benefit from it. Stay blessed, Mackenzie, and you stay blessed too, Love's Life 21. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that. It really means so much to me because you are edifying my soul and you are helping me to stay encouraged to keep doing this work and you help our podcast get seen in other places and by other people. So I'm so grateful for that. And if you have not left a review just yet, it doesn't take very long. It's about 30 seconds and you don't have to write a novel. But when you do take the time, I just want you to know how grateful I am for you to do this because it helps me. It helps me to understand what you enjoy listening to. It helps me to plan my content on ways that I can serve you. So thank you for taking the time to do that. So let me start off by sharing my past experience of teaching in public school. I specifically remember in the upper grades, children just not enjoying reading anymore. I truly believe it was based on their experience with state testing and you know giving kids books to read or stories to read and then giving them a worksheet just doesn't seem like it inspires children to want to read and the truth be told the more we give students who know how to read the opportunity to choose what they read of course with some guidance and of course with discretion We open up a possibility and the opportunity for children to get the spark of reading just lit up in their soul. And so I remember whenever I first started teaching, I had these big letters on my wall that said, let's spark the fire in our bellies for reading. Isn't that cute? I don't know where I came up with that. Where I came up with that. Okay, so let's spark the fire in our bellies for reading. And I would do this by reading aloud to the students and just giving them time to just decompress after lunch, turn off the lights, put on some music, and they could just read. Well, as the years went on and the more school districts that I was a part of in teaching and especially as an instructional coach, our children just want to have a book in their hand and read. And if you have a reluctant reader or a child who does not like to read, that's your first step. Even if they don't know how to read, give them a cat in the hat book. That is my number one strategy for teaching children who do not know how to read is all the Dr. Seuss books, and I teach them the very first page because it's rhyming and there's rhythm and they feel successful with it. That's a whole nother podcast, but I just want to say putting a book in their hand instead of putting magnets in front of them, instead of putting paper and pencil, instead of putting books in front of them that just have a bunch of letters and a bunch of ways to learn how to read or just flashcards. No, yes, that's a part of it. But give children books. That's how they develop not only learning how to read, but the hunger and the desire to read. So in my experience with starting a micro school, I've done a couple of things. I've tried to recreate public school in my home, and that took me just literally about a month and i realized this is awful and i tried a few more months of just hunkering down and using the curriculum that i had chosen because who wants to waste money but i gotta tell you this who wants to waste time who wants to waste energy not this girl so i changed my curriculum midway through the year Last year, I was like, I'm just going to make this easier. I'm going to buy a box curriculum. There's going to be some really great stories, some really great literature, some really great nonfiction. And then I will use the worksheets in the back to assess them in comprehension. Well, here's the deal. I barely even used any of them. So I wasted money because the children weren't inspired by that. The children weren't inspired by, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to read a story, and oh, let me take turns, and oh my gosh, let me read it with my buddy, let me read it to myself, and they get to choose how they read it, and then I'm like, all right, now you got to answer these four worksheets, oh my gosh, or two worksheets, or one where it just doesn't matter. It just felt like so much, and it felt boring, and it felt not very inspiring, because when I look at what children love to do through the day, they Literally love coming back from lunch, choosing the book that they want to read and setting for 15 to 20 minutes by themselves on the couch, on the floor, picking their spot, reading with a buddy, reading with our dog Jacks beside them, reading with a teacher. This is truly, I, I honestly believe that even my students who came to me not reading, Students who came to me reluctantly reading. I I have a handful of kids who came to me who were significantly below grade level or did not know how to read and were already at the age that they should have been able to read. And the very first day, I implement silent reading and choosing and they literally take the book. I'm telling you all five kids and they go, when are we going to go play outside again? Or I don't really like to read. Or they just take the book and they spin it on the ground or they just flip through it and just kind of, you know, twiddle their t- thumbs and keep looking around and no stamina for reading, no joy for reading. And by a couple months in, they love to read. They can't wait to read. They can't wait to take books home. They can't wait for a teacher to read with them. They can't wait to sit beside themselves and read with Jack's our dog or read with a buddy. It has been a total game changer. So with that being said, what am I using this year to help keep the inspiration of reading going? Well, I'm going to assume that each of these children know how to read in order for you to choose or to adopt this in your microschool or home school. Because what I'm going to share with you is not a program teaching children how to read with phonics or phonemic awareness. And this is children who already know how to read. Do they have to be fluent? No. Nope. Do they have to have at least beyond a first grade reading comprehension or reading skills? Yes. And they also have to be able to write in order to do this. And I'm not saying write well, I'm just saying write. Be able to get their thoughts out onto paper and if they still struggle with that, I still highly recommend that you do this. Okay, the curriculum that I'm gonna use, and it's really not a curriculum, but what I'm going to use as curriculum, it's not like I bought something specifically, I have so many leveled readers. Leveled readers meaning these little bitty thin books that you can use for something called guided reading you may have heard him through DRA, you may have heard him through Lexile, you may have heard him through Reading Recovery, you may have heard of them through any type of a basal series. I have so many leveled readers, A from past experience teaching, B from teachers who no longer wanted these books, C from school districts that have been recycling their materials or having to get rid of their curriculum and the teachers who I know have graciously provided me with boxes upon boxes of leveled readers. Now, these are very thin books, some of which, like for an example, I have a fifth grade level reader that has 21 pages, but there's very great comprehension questions at the very end of the book. There's vocabulary words that are emphasized at the very beginning of the book and then are used in context throughout the book. Now if you don't have leveled readers but you've got a nice classroom library or a nice home library with tons of books, excellent. And you don't even have to have that. Take your children to your local library and get books for free. You can also use magazines. You can also use stories. Personally, I love being able to take the children to the library where they can pick out their own books. It's super fun. And I truly believe that once you get into this, you will definitely see such a different dynamic in your child's ability to read and their desire to read. So the first thing that you're going to need are books. And you're gonna need a variety of books and you're gonna need a plethora of books. Maybe your child is into a series, maybe they're not. Maybe they are into different types of chapter books. Maybe they really enjoy magazines. If you've not gone to the library, That's a great place to start. You can also look online for leveled readers. And you can also ask teachers or friends. Have a book swap with other families. Ask teachers if they have any books that they want to get rid of. Retired teachers, garage sales, the list goes on and on. Definitely having access to books plays an important role in making sure that your children are set up for success with reading. You may be wondering, well, what level do I have to consider? Well, there's many factors to consider, but truth be told, I would just start off with what your kids love to read that you know is appropriate. For an example, fifth graders reading Dr. Seuss books, Cat in the Hat, that's not an appropriate reading level unless they are developmentally at that level or just learning how to read. But for my sake, for fifth graders, now they are enjoying chapter books and they're just enjoying short stories i also use science books and reading books if you have any books left over in any curriculum that you've had pull those books out any basal books if you're a teacher and your school district's not using them anymore there's incredible stories within those books okay enough about the books What am I using along with those books? I'm using a reading journal this year. It is a reading journal from Not Consumed. And at the bottom of the reading journal, at the very front cover at the bottom, it says a complete reading curriculum for grades two through eight. Now, is this my complete reading curriculum? It's not. Can it be for some families? It certainly can. But the reason why I'm choosing this reading journal is because there are so many incredible components of comprehension weaved throughout this journal and it's for fiction and nonfiction. there are 28 lessons that have been repeated over and over for 180 days of school this reading journal is going to be the backbone of school this year in our micro school for students second grade through the rest of middle school. I'm choosing this because children get to read the books that they'd like. Now, of course, there are gonna be many weeks that I'm going to give them some books to read within their group or their level that they can share with buddies and they can share and have guided reading groups with, they can share and have little book clubs with, and then once they read the story or they read the chapter or they read the passage, They'll go into the reading journal and there are already activities for the students to complete based on what they chose to read or what they had read. So for an example, each day, if I look at page one, they will write down the title of their book, the date that they read it, how many pages they read, and then they get to rate it. And on the very first activity, it is a text-to-text prompt. So it says, compare what you have read to another story or text. And it's just a little graphic organizer, text one, text two, a little Venn diagram, and in the middle, they'll write down the similarities. So for this lesson, I know that I'm gonna have to pose two stories to the students that day. Well, thankfully, I have two short stories, or maybe I read a story, maybe I read a chapter out of a a chapter book to the students, and then I have them go off on their own And they read a story. Isn't this so cute? I love it. So I could read a book to, I could read a story. And typically, if I'm reading to the entire class, I will read, let's say I have my highest class student is in fifth grade, then I will read a chapter book on fifth or sixth grade level. And yes, the kindergartners listen. Yes, the first graders and the third graders and the fourth graders, they all listen to it. And I will stop, and the students can talk about it. I'm, I might just use 10, 15 minutes. Then I'll have all the students go off on their own and they choose their own fiction story. Now, again, I'm not using this for kindergarten or first grade, but I am using this for students in second grade and beyond. Then students will go and pick their story. They don't have to read an entire book. Maybe they just read a few books. Maybe I give them a time limit. Maybe I do tell them to read the, the small book that they are given. Then they come back. And they do the text to text how the stories were different and how they were this how they were the same then there's another activity and it says know the truth do the facts in the story line up with god's word so that's another component here is that this is based on a biblical perspective so if you are not into that if you're more into secular then this would not be the right choice for you but it asks the students to write down a fact from the story, and they're going to choose either yes or no. So let's say that the little boy was lying to his parents, then they would write down that he was not telling the truth to his parents. And so they would click no or they would mark no. And then the biblical support would be I know that God wants us to honor our mother and father. So, do you see the depth that students can really take and just get into being able to read on their own, think? more in depth, apply it to God's word. And you may be thinking, well, is that it? That is for that day. But think about it. They've probably been reading for a good 20, anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes. Then they get to stop, think, and reflect. And you're probably wondering, well, is that it? That's not totally it. I do have some other mechanisms that I'm gonna be using for reading. But for the most part, This is going to be what we use every single day. We can spend as much time as we want to on it, or we can spend as little time as we want to on it. So on Fridays, when we have a very low amount of work to complete, on most days, then the students will be able to just do this on their own. Maybe they are just going to do one box on a page. Maybe they do an entire page. Maybe it's something that they need to finish up on but yes, I will definitely be looking at capitalization, punctuation, I'll be looking at grammar, I will be able to give them feedback, I will be able to talk to them about adding to their writing. So it's not just about reading, it's also about enhancing their writing. I'm going to hold them at higher expectations where they're not just gonna jot down a couple little sentences and think that they're finished. This is not a part of my writing curriculum, this is just an enhancement. Now, for other components of how can I really make sure that this stays rich and meaty, well, at the back of the leveled readers, there are questions that I can continue to have the students have a written response to, and there are three questions that are pretty intense that the students can take a blank notebook and answer the questions that are in the back of the leveled reader. or. I can choose to go back into the curriculum that I did not finish last year and pull from there. And that would be the case for students, even if they are in second grade, I have third grade curriculum stories and passages that they can read and then answer questions to from the curriculum that I did not totally complete last year, which was BJU Press. I still kept all of that material because there's going to be times where I need to assess to make sure that as they're reading, are they able to comprehend? Are they able to apply? What I love about the reading journal from Not Consumed is that they're able to reflect, they're able to write in response, and they're able to apply it across, across multi-curriculums. However, I do believe that there still needs to be a part of assessing students with their comprehension and vocabulary. So with that being said, I'm going to go back into the curriculum from last year, pull resources from there, and guess what? If you've been listening to my past recordings, you will have heard me say to start out with less and keep adding as the year goes. So I'm gonna start off with this right now. That's it. I'm gonna start off with the reading journal and I'm gonna start off with what I already have. I have funds placed in my curriculum bucket that I can pull from throughout the school year if I see that I am not getting the results that I wish to have, if I see that the students need more support in specific areas. But what I'm not going to do is pull out my credit card and spend $500 on reading curriculum and be left with tons of stuff by the end of the year that did not match my vision for this school. So I would say to you, you have the permission to be creative, You have the permission to start off small and continue to add throughout the school year. But most importantly, get books in those children's hand. Find a way that you can encourage them to self-select where they can choose their books and just be able to have the time and the freedom to set and enjoy. Because let's face it, they go home, they get on their screens, they go play with their friends, they go to sports, they go do whatever they need to do with their family, and a lot of times our children don't have books in hands and this is one way that we can foster that. I hope that this blessed you and I'd love to hear what you're gonna be using as well. So hop on over to our Facebook group, which is Start Your Microschool or Homeschooling Business. You just type that into the Facebook search bar. Again, it's Start Your Microschool or Homeschooling Business. Drop us a line, tell us what you're gonna be using for reading and I can't wait to be inspired by you as well. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way, because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.